Hi, I'm Catherine Lee Scott, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 416 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, Catherine Lee Scott of Dark Shadows. She was Maggie Evans, Maggie Collins, a whole bunch of other characters on the show. And she's going to be joining us for an interesting talk about Dark Shadows and a whole lot of other things, too. So uh, she's got books out and everything. So stick around for that. She'll be joining us. And it is time to find out what's coming away as far as August releases in theaters and on Blu-ray and DVD. So we got a lot of things coming our way, a lot of interesting movies. Let's get right into it. Let's find out what's coming our way as far as remakes in August in theaters right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness in theaters in August. The remake of Disney's Pete's Dragon will be arriving on August 12th. And the remake of the classic Charlton Heston movie, Ben-Hur, will part the seas on August 19th with Jack Huston in the lead role of Ben-Hur. And the film also features Morgan Freeman. And that's it for remakes coming our way in August. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming our way as far as upcoming new movies in August in theaters? Upcoming new movies coming our way in August in theaters. Nine Lives with Kevin Spacey as a voice of a cat will hit theaters on August 5th. The film also stars Christopher Walken. Suicide Squad arrives on August 5th. And also, Meryl Streep plays a New York heiress who can't sing but wants to in the film Florence Foster Jenkins, and that's on August 12th. The animated movie Sausage Party, with the voices of Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Paul Rudd, and many others, lands in theaters on August 12th. And the comedy War Dogs, also with Jonah Hill, will explode in theaters on August 19th. And August 26, Robert De Niro stars in Hands of Stone, which tells the story of fighter Roberto Duran, and it's uh, played by Edgar Ramirez. And that's it for upcoming new movies in theaters in August. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming our way as far as sequels in theaters in August. Upcoming... Sequels coming our way in August in theaters. Well, there's only one. Mechanic Resurrection stars Jason Statham. And once again, as Arthur Bishop and Jessica Alba and Tommy Lee Jones also star in the film. And that's it for Sequel City as far as sequels coming our way in theaters in August. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD in August. TV on DVD coming our way in August, August 2nd, The Blacklist, Season 3, Blind Spot, Season 1. August 9th, you can look for the miniseries 112263, the complete series. 
and Line of Duty, Season 3, Maud, Season 6, NCIS, New Orleans, Season 2, and it looks like Perry Mason, Complete Movie Collection, will be coming our way along with Supergirl, Season 1. August 16th, The Affair, Season 2, Gotham, Season 2, Hell on Wheels, Season 5, Volume 1, Lou Grant, Season 2, Once Upon a Time, Season 5. August 23rd, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Season 1, Brooklyn, 99, Season 3, and Castle, Season 8, Elementary, Season 4, Legends of Tomorrow, Season 1. NCIS Season 13, and NYPD Blue Season 10, Scandal Season 5, The Strain Season 2, and The Walking Dead Season 6. August 30th, look for Arrow Season 4, and Chicago Fire Season 4, Chicago Med Season 1, and Criminal Minds Season 11, Grey's Anatomy Season 12, and NCIS Los Angeles Season 7. And that's it for TV on DVD coming our way in August. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in August? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Movies on DVD coming your way in August. August 2nd, it looks like Keanu with Will Fort is going to be coming our way. And The Lobster with Colin Farrell. And uh, Meet the Blacks with Mike Eaps. And Mother's Day with Jennifer Aniston. August 9th, it looks like uh, A Hologram for the King with Tom Hanks will be coming our way. August 16th. It looks like the Angry Birds movie with Josh Gad is going to be coming your way. And God's Not Dead 2 with Melissa Joan Hart. August 23rd, The Huntsman, Winter's War with Chris Hemsworth will be coming our way. Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ratchet and Clank with Bella Thorne. August 30th, it looks like The Jungle Book is going to be coming our way and let's see what else is going to be coming our way uh me before you will also be coming our way on august 30th and that's it for movies on dvd coming our way in august next on on screen and beyond it's tv and entertainment time tv and entertainment time well no more vcr units will be made as this marks the month the last company will produce the units and they will cease production. This is it. I didn't even know they were making any more VCRs, but evidently they are. But they're going to be ending this month. And uh, that marks the end of the VHS tapes, too. And let's see, what else do we have coming your way? In January of 2017, Star Trek Discovery, the TV show from CBS, will arrive. The pilot is going to be shown on the network of CBS, of course. And then they will show the show only on CBS's streaming. Now, we've told you this before on their streaming service. 
But now it's been announced that Netflix will show the episodes, each episode, 24 hours after it airs on CBS on their streaming service. But all countries except U.S. and Canada. So unfortunately, we won't get it on Netflix. So we'll keep you updated on that. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next, it is Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Celebrity birthdays. It looks like August 1st, it's Coolio's birthday. He'll be 53. August 2nd, it is Kevin Smith at 46. And on August 3rd, Tony Bennett turns 90 and Martin Sheen turns 76. On August 4th, it looks like Daniel Day Kim turns 48. And Billy Bob Thornton, he turns 61. And on August 5th, Maureen McCormick, Marsha, 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 turns 60. And on August 6th, Soul Moon Fry turns 40, Punky Brewster. And on August 7th, David Duchovny turns 56. That's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, Karen T. of Oakland, California, turns 52 on August 3rd. So we want to wish you all a very happy birthday. If you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, be sure to send it to us at feedback at onscreenorbeyond.com. Plenty of time ahead before the birthday, of course, and we will let everybody know about it, and we'll wish you all a very happy birthday. And that's it. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have the pleasure of chatting with Catherine Lee Scott, who played Maggie Evans or Maggie Collins, whichever you want to call it, because she was uh, several different characters throughout the the show and she's going to be talking about dark shadows it's all coming up next Catherine lee scott right here on on screen and beyond Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress and author who is part of the Dark Shadows legacy, playing Maggie Evans and many other roles on the classic 60s TV show Dark Shadows. She also is an author who has written many books. It's Catherine Lee Scott. Catherine, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, hi, Brian. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. Well, it's so nice to have you here and... uh, Dark Shadows, uh, I grew up with Dark Shadows, and it was one of those shows that everybody was rushing home from school to watch. (laughs) I know. I hear that all the time. Every once in a while, somebody will recognize my voice when I'm speaking in a bank or, you know, standing in a grocery line, and they'll suddenly turn around and say, oh, my gosh, I used to run home from school to watch you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you actually did... Some of the intros, right, for the the show itself at the the. Uh... You know, we all did. We started yeah. out the original shows with Victoria Winters doing all of the voiceovers, and then all of a sudden it dawned on them that unless Alexandra Mulkey was doing that day's episode, they would have to pay her uh, just to do the the uh, voiceover at the beginning. Ah. And uh, Dan Curtis, who who did honest to God, watches Nichols. 
um, decided that all of us would read that intro. The only reason uh, that would prevent you from doing so is if you were in the first ep- uh, the first scene of the episode. Really? What, what, oh, yes. What was the reason Unless for that? Unless you were in the first scene of the episode, you... Uh, you were tapped to go into the voiceover booth and uh, lead into the show. I mean, everything was done live. Oh, that's right, yes. So there was literally <laughs> no time for somebody to go into the voiceover booth and then run down the hall and into the studio and, mm-hmm. and get in front of the camera. Yeah, I, 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 was, I, I was thinking that, you know, it's taped like it is now, but this was all live, that's right. I oh, forgot. it was. And for the first uh, several months, maybe six months or so, I don't recall now, uh, we were black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were broadcast in black and white. We were always uh, live. There was never any kind of editing. Hmm. Now, I've had a lot of people uh, on the show that have been in shows that you know back in the time when things were done live or or soap operas that were live and things like that. And they always have a story of something that happened that shouldn't have. <laughs> Is did anything ever happen to you? Uh, during the filming that, you know, shouldn't have? That happened every day. <laughs> uh, as, as a matter of fact, we used to weep sometimes after the show was over <laughs> and beg Dan to please let us do it again, and, of course, that was not possible. Mm-hmm. So because our, our show was very heavy on, um, on primitive, uh, you know, special effects, very often we had very little rehearsal time for the scene itself. We were just, you know, rehearsing the gags, whatever it happened to be. Mm-hmm. And so we very often had problems. I mean, I'd, I'll never forget, right right after a dress rehearsal, and I, I know that uh, they were still concerned about some camera blocking, and right before I went into the studio, I remember Leela calling out, Catherine, when you see the hand come out of the grave, turn to camera three and scream. You know, we were always getting notes like that at the last minute. Uh, and there were there were so many instances in every single episode when, oh, the doorknob would come off in your hand or a dead body would move or somebody would walk across camera um, in their street clothes. Uh, it, it just happened all the time. Uh, there was one really funny incident that went on for several episodes where, we kept hearing this odd sound, uh, a funny kind of a groaning sound, and we always heard it in the living room, and we started joking about the set being haunted. And it turned out that there was this elderly stagehand named Joe who would come to work at 4 o'clock in the morning, and of course his work was done when the show went on the air. So he'd take a nap, and he was snoring. (laughs) Oh, and if you listen closely, I think you can hear the snoring on a, on a couple of those episodes. So there were always boom mics. There was, there was literally always something going wrong. And now, 50 years later, one of the best-selling DVDs of the show is the blooper reel. Wow. Huh. And Dan used to say, you know what, you're going to see this show once. A bunch of housewives will see it. They'll forget about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Jeez. Well, and... I'm surprised that, so they must have, even though it was live, they must have still been taping them and storing them, correct? Because in order to have... What they did, uh, I, I um, well, uh, let me explain. We, we did these on um, a kinescope, and that's a process. I won't explain it terribly well, but 
at its most basic, uh, what you're doing is filming what is on the, the uh, studio monitor, for, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those film canisters were mailed out to the affiliates. So if you were in Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> and you were an ABC affiliate, you got a can of, of uh, film in the mail. And when uh, the show went off the air, uh, what, we, what, we, what they did is to retrieve uh, all of those kinescopes. And there is only one episode that completely vanished. There, there's no record of it. However, there is a script. And um, what they did was to use little, uh, they put together little bits and pieces, and then they had the original actors come in and do voiceover. Ah, okay. So there is one episode that is missing, but otherwise the 1,225 episodes that we did live and broadcast that way um, are preserved only on the old scratchy kinescopes. Hmm. Now, how many of those 1,000 whatever were you actually in? I was in about 400. I think uh, Laura was in a few less than that, Jonathan a few more. But I, I would say that uh, Jonathan obviously was in the most. Uh, but it's all in a book. I've, I've written several books about Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. One of them is called The Dark Shadows Almanac. Another one is called Dark Shadows Memories. And there's The Dark Shadows Companion. If you invest in any one of those books, and they're all available on Amazon.com, or uh, better yet, just go to CatherineLeeScott.com, and you can order it, and, and I'll mail it to you signed, personally signed. Oh, wow. Uh, but in, in those books, you will find a complete overview of the entire show, the, the full history of the show. Um, you'll also find a complete episode guide. And if you want the, the book that is truly a companion to the show, Jim Pearson and I wrote a book called Dark Shadows Return to Collinwood. It's five decades of the show. And it's absolutely full of never-before-published photo- uh, photographs from the show, behind the scenes, and also the uh, Johnny Depp-Tim Burton film, the two MGM films that we did back in 1970 and 71, mm-hmm. and all of the other incarnations of the show. So if you are a Dark Shadows fan, that is the 50th anniversary Five Decades of Dark Shadows book. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Return to Collinwood. Yeah, see, uh, myself, I love those books because they, you, you know, you can really see a history of the, of the show and it, it, it just fills in all those blanks and you can look at, like you say, back at the episodes and, and see what they were about and everything and, and those are just fascinating. And, and with the amount of episodes you had, it was... It's... Well, it's really quite fun because I played four characters on the show. I know. So every once in a while, somebody will ask me, when did you play the, the governess Rachel Drummond, the 1840s character? Or when did you play Josette or Lady Kitty Hampshire or Maggie Evans, of course? Um, I can go through that, uh, or anybody can go through that uh, that program guide and it's the log line, so it tells you uh, in a nutshell what the episode was about, mm-hmm, but it yeah. also tells you who was in the episode. So if you want to look for all of Joan Bennett's episodes or Jonathan Frid's, uh, you can easily find them. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It, it just amazes me that... that uh, now, when you write a book like that, do you, did you have to go through and watch each episode to get the information? No, mercifully, I did not. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I, I don't know. I'm sure there are actors out there that just love to watch themselves. I happen not to be one of them. And the only time I've ever watched any of the episodes is when we go to these Dark Shadows festivals and they show film clips. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, uh, I would say that perhaps three-quarters of the episodes of Dark Shadows I've never seen. And my jaw drops when somebody tells me they watched all 1,225 <laughs> over the past two years. <laughs> like, what else did you do? Right. Um, but when I did the books, I relied on these log lines, uh, my memory uh, of you know incidents and so on. But I also interviewed my other colleagues, and so I would ask David Selby or Laura Parker or Johnny Carlin for a funny story, or do you remember when this happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Dan Curtis archives are very complete. So, of course, I plundered those because I wanted the book to be accurate. And, and really, uh, the Dark Shadows Almanac and Dark Shadows Return to Cullenwood really tell you every single thing you could possibly want to know about the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there's fans out there who are really the fan and fanatical <laughs> and would know if something was different than what you, you know, if you put it wrong, they would know it. <laughs> oh, without some. any question. I got an email this morning from somebody that, that queried something that they saw in one of my books. And, and, uh, and of course, now I have to kind of double check it. But yeah. uh, the story goes that uh, back when we were doing Dark Shadows, uh, Dan Curtis was sitting with the writers, and they couldn't remember uh, the last name of this character and when he appeared and uh, and some other vital fact of the plot. And Dan said, I know nobody could come up with the answer. So Dan said, go downstairs and out front and ask one of the fans, which is what they did. <laughs> they just went downstairs and asked one of the fans, mm-hmm. who, of course, had the answer. Yeah, wow. Now I remember when the um, the two movies came out uh, back in what early seventies, right? Um, uh, the House Dark of Dark Shadows, Shadows. Uh, the, the uh, House of Dark Shadows, the one that I did with Jonathan Frid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that in the spring of nineteen seventy. It came out um, in the autumn of nineteen. I think it came out in November of nineteen seventy. Yeah. And then the uh, the show went off the air in May of 1971, and David Selby, Laura Parker, Grayson Hall um, did Night of Dark Shadows, Mm -hmm. and that film came out in the autumn of 1971. I I can remember going to that. They had a midnight showing, and I can remember at the theater that it was being shown at, it it was just mobbed. I mean, it, it was so full 
people on the outside waiting to get in that the windows people were pushing and the windows you know they had these tall tall windows and they were just bending and they then they couldn't the theaters were full so they had to tell everybody to uh you know leave that what weren't getting tickets and then they decided they better have later showing because they were afraid of riots. <laughs> oh yes, no, I can imagine. Uh, yes, we have a we have a very devoted uh, group of fans, mm. and we now have something like four generations. Uh, there are so many letters that I get from people saying you brought me such happiness. Uh, in a very difficult childhood, my happiest memory is sitting with my grandmother on the couch. And watching Dark Shadows, and now I'm watching it with my own grandchild. Mm. So we do have uh, we do have fans of all ages, and we keep get, keep getting new ones because the show is available in in DVD. Right. Yeah. And it, and it has such a wide appeal. I mean, old to young uh, people do love the show. And what makes me so happy is that when I get these letters, or somebody stops me in the you know the the, the supermarket. Uh, they've got this grin on their faces, mm-hmm. and I know why. It's because one is reminding them of, very, of a very happy period in their lives. And my feeling has always been that one of the reasons we, we have such devoted fans is that these were school kids who maybe didn't have the best home life and, and maybe had trouble in school, but no matter what happened, however badly the teacher dealt with them or however much they were bullied, they could race home from school and watch a half hour of pure escapism. Mm-hmm. And no, what, no matter what had happened to them during the day, they hadn't been bitten by a vampire. <laughs> and it was such a, I mean, it, it was a soap opera. But yes. it, was, it was such a different soap opera. There had never been anything like that. No, uh, it was very innovative because, uh, for one thing, we drew on classical literature, uh, everything from Jane Eyre to a picture of Dorian Gray, Turn right. of the Screw, yes. great classics, uh, wonderful stories, but we also time-traveled so that all of us got to play multiple characters. So it was very innovative, but that also meant that it was an expensive show. We, you know, we weren't just sitting around a suburban coffee table, knocking knees, talking about who is having an affair with a neighbor. Right. Um, we were, uh, we were doing these classic stories. We were, the gals were wearing hoop skirts or bustles and uh, muffs and fans, and yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were, uh, we were a costume drama. Yeah. Now, Dan Curtis. Was he the one who originally wrote the show or came up with the concept? Uh, Dan Curtis had a dream. He was uh, staying with a, a, fr- a friend in a country home, and he thought he saw the image of a, a ghost in the room, of a young woman. And he had a dream, apparently, where he saw this young girl on a train, and she was a foundling who had been hired to work for this very eccentric family. And I think that Dan always had in mind that uh, the Jane Eyre story and that Victoria Winters, it would turn out, was the, the perhaps love child of the Joan Bennett character. I mean, there was a terrific resemblance between uh, Alexandra and, and Joan. So I think that that was uh, maybe the idea at the beginning of the story. It, it didn't turn out that way. And the original script was written by Art Wallace, 
and Art Wallace wrote what is always called the Bible of a show. It, it was the, the long-range storyline. And many years ago, I published uh, that Bible. I got the rights through Art Wallace's estate. The book is out of print now, but there are portions of it that are available in, in um, Return to Cullenwood. Mm-hmm. But it's really quite interesting to see what Dan Curtis and Art Wallace had in mind in the very beginning. Yeah. I wonder why they picked Maine as being you know, Collinsport. Maine? Uh, probably because waves crashing on a rocky shore. Well, that's and true. And yeah. also it was meant to be a fishing village and isolated. Mm-hmm. And there was the house on the hill with the eccentric family and great wealth and a troubled family. Uh, and I think it it, it lent to the um, the eeriness. Yeah. I mean, one never saw the village except for Maggie and her diner, and uh, oh, and then the hotel clerk. But you never saw the hotel. Right. Yeah. So, and you saw Maggie in her shanty, you know, where she lived with her father, mm-hmm. and you saw the blue whale. Yes. But aside from uh, the diner and the blue whale. And uh, and Maggie and and Pop's home, you never saw any other part of the village. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And and the the sets. Um, this was all in New York, right? In New York City. It was. We were at Studio Sixteen, a uh, tiny little studio. Really. Uh, that we had all to ourselves around Fifty Third Street between Ninth um, and Tenth. And they had to load in those sets, of course, uh, in the middle of the night. Um, the only set that we always had in place was the big uh, Cullenwood foyer and living room. Okay. Yeah. And that, all, that was always there. But mm, all of the other sets were, were loaded in and out. And, and sometimes a set consisted, in one case, of a, uh, a graveyard that was perhaps three square feet. <laughs> it, I think it had two tombstones, and, and one stood in the middle of it, and everything else was pitch dark. Yeah. Boy, it really gave the impression that things were a lot bigger than what we yeah. saw. No, 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 no. I, I just visited the studio because it's going to be torn down. Oh. Uh, it's at, what is it, 450-something West 53rd. Um I took a tour of it. It's been changed considerably since, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we worked there 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, but one is struck by how small it is. Yeah. Jeez. So you must have felt that, like you had a, 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 a huge ballroom when you, when you made the movie then, because I presume they, oh, they no, used... Oh, no, we had the great outdoors. Right, and yeah. <laughs> the, the wonderful, wonderful... Uh, it's called Lindhurst, the uh, Jay Gould estate, uh, which is fabulous. But, you know, so much of your work is done for you when you're working on location. It was just, it was an absolute joy. But the biggest surprise of all is that we got to do a second take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, that, that, I'm sure that was different. Jeez. Now, did you know, uh, was this long planned for the movie, or was that all of a sudden just, hey, we're, we're going to make a movie? Uh, no, it well, I think Dan always had it in mind. Um, but, uh, no, he, he started raising money for it. He got the script together. It came together very, very quickly. And we ended up doing it at Easter. But he'd, he'd really been working on it. Uh, I think it was, you know, in the wind since the, the previous autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the the movie that came out with Johnny Depp, um, I had high hopes for it, but it, to me, it fell short of what the show was. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I, I don't think it really gave us. You know, of course, Barnabas wasn't there. The, the I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's just the they don't when we're so used to the original characters and then we see somebody else in it, it never seems to be as good as what it was. Well, uh, I just think he's a brilliant actor. I think. Oh yes, wonderful. definitely. Yeah. But you know, uh, they secured the rights through Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. It was their prerogative to do whatever they wanted to. Right. Oh, and yeah. uh, they certainly ex- exercised the privilege. The thing that I was so pleased about is that, they were considerate enough to invite four of us from the original company to participate. Yeah, that, that's uh, and that's nice. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's always. I mean, it it's sort of you're like the glue that binds the new and the old when they do that. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's necessary. They're, generally, they're very reluctant to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, very reluctant. Certainly, Star Trek, uh, uh, you know, used the original people uh, and blended in new. But I think that that sense of continuity is is just incredibly important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You know. Yeah. Now, when you left uh, the show, of course, you, you've done. I mean, we could go through all kinds of other shows that you were in. I mean, you've just been in so many other shows over the years being guest stars. Uh, and, of course, uh, fairly recently, uh, you were in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know you know, if a lot of people yeah, know that. Yeah, I did. That. I was in Marvel Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And, and then I, did, I, I played the recurring role of Maria in, uh, or, or Marion in uh, the Goldbergs, uh, yes. George, George Siegel's girlfriend. And uh, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but I just uh, worked on a feature film last week. Oh. Um, a really wonderful film, and I, I had a lovely opportunity working with Richard Gere. Oh. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to be out for a long time. I mean, I just finished doing it. Yeah. So uh, it, it's fun to keep working. I, I have no no intention of stopping. And of course, I write. I was going to say uh, my yes. My book, The Last Dance at the Subway, about uh, caring for my husband who passed away uh, five years ago. By the way, today is his birthday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I brought that book out because I I really wanted to share my experiences caregiving for somebody with a brain disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also written a mystery series. Uh, the first in the series is Down and Out in Beverly Hills with the follow-up book, Jinxed. And if your listeners go on Amazon, they will find that they can download Jinxed at a special 99-cent uh, uh, download fee, uh, uh, August 3rd and 4th. Wow. wow. And uh, so that'll be on sale. And... Uh, and I've, I'm just working on now a standalone novel called September Girl. Hmm. So you're you're not just writing about uh, dark shadows. You're you have a lot of different books that, that go on. I've all written different a areas. lot of books. Yes. Yeah. I've written. Uh, uh, I'm on my fifth novel, and I've written um, oh maybe six or seven uh, nonfiction books that. Uh, 
like the bunny ears about the 25-year history of the Playboy Clubs uh, told through the women who worked there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, and I've written a couple of um, books on Hollywood uh, poster art, uh, the lobby card book. I love those. Those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So it, in addition to uh, you know the Dark Shadows books, I've, I've written quite a few other nonfiction and fiction books. Yeah. Was writing a, a, a passion of yours even back when you were on Dark Shadows? Oh yes. Oh yes. I've always written. I've I've done it. I've always since I was a little girl. I've done as much writing as acting, mm-hmm. uh, and I always will. I mean, it, it's. The two things are twin careers. Huh. Yeah. Now, you mentioned about the uh, the Playboy. Uh, you were a bunny at one time, correct? I was. I was. I, um, uh, I worked as a Playboy bunny with Lauren Hutton and Susan Sullivan and some really wonderful women uh, in the early days of the New York Club when I was on scholarship at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I needed a bread and butter job. Now, was that before so, Dark Shadows? That was before Dark Shadows. In yeah. fact, uh, I got the uh, Dark Shadows job, and, and when I rang my mother in Minneapolis uh, to tell her, <laughs> she said, well, I wouldn't give up your bunny job yet because you never know if these shows run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know, but then a thousand oh, so sweet. <laughs> Yeah, wow, jeez. Yeah, it was very sweet. Uh, but I, I, uh, I've, I've always... Um, I don't know. I ju- I've just always written. I think I'm I'm as, I'm more of a compulsive writer than a compulsive performer. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Catherine, I'd like to finish up with two final questions, taking us away from your writing and your, of course, your dark shadows. Uh, when you sit back and relax, what do you watch on TV now? And what's your favorite oh, shows of uh, the past? What do I watch on TV? I watch 60 Minutes and I watch... Uh, 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 Madam, what is it? Madam Secretary? Yep, yep. Yeah, I watched that one on Sunday nights. Yeah. And uh, uh, I adore Julian Fellows. He's an old, old friend. And uh, when Downton Abbey was on, it, that to me was appointment TV. Mm. I'd sit there with my glass of red wine and, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of and enjoy love that one. it. Uh, I watch almost no television. Mm-hmm. Uh, the television doesn't get turned on from one week to the next. So um, I'm, you'll very, very rarely find me watching television. Yeah. What about uh, movies? What are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Turner Classic movies if I am going to sit down and watch television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, um, uh, I'm really looking forward to this new Meryl Streep film that I'll probably see next week. Oh, the one where she's uh, the, the singer, for, you know, the person who yeah, can't sing. Exactly. Yeah, it looks, it looks like a riot. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's my kind of film. And uh, this last year, there, there have been lots of films that I, I thought that were, were really wonderful. Um, Spotlight, big, the, um, uh, the Big Short. Uh, you know, I, I tend to like grown-up films, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you consider your favorite film of all time? I, I, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a great Citizen Kane fan, I will tell you that. Classic, yes. Uh, and uh, like everybody else, you know, uh, there are certain uh, times in your life when curling up and, and just watching Casablanca again gets you through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, 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 those films are really quite special. Hmm. 
Well, Catherine, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, everybody should go out and, uh, of course, uh, well, look at the old Dark Shadows things on DVD, of course, watch those. But also check out your books because I think they'd be surprised at uh, the other things that uh, you've written besides the stories of uh, Dark Shadows. <laughs> that would be wonderful. But the thing is, uh, just go on www.catherineleescott.com. It's all there. All right. Well, thank you for yeah. joining us. Thank you, Brian. A great big thank you going out to Catherine Lee Scott of Dark Shadows and also a lot of books. She's written a lot of great books about Dark Shadow. Plus, she also writes books about other things, too. So uh, be sure to check those out. And if you get a chance, check out Dark Shadows, of course, on DVD now. And uh, there's over a thousand some odd episodes, more than a thousand. And uh, it's it was a, a really a classic 60s soap opera that uh, really caught the imagination of all kinds of uh, younger people who didn't normally watch uh, the uh, soap operas, you know. But um, it was a good show. So check that out. And uh, we want to thank Catherine for joining us and sharing with us. So... That's uh, about it. If you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. We'll try to get that person on for you. Also, if uh, you know, you're know you on Facebook or anything like that, uh, you know, be sure to like us. Or if you're on iTunes, leave us a review and uh, let more people know about On Screen and Beyond. You can uh, just go on there and you can also you know just check that you've listened to the show and you like it. Uh, hopefully that you like it. And uh, if you want, you can actually write a review, which we'd really appreciate because that uh, helps get us up higher in the ratings, which tells people, basically it tells more people about us. Uh, so uh, if you want to uh, do that, uh, we'd appreciate that. And that's it. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. <laughs>